On the harder with me this evening, we have Jack Tame, host of Q&A Saturday mornings on ZB and Phil O'Reilly, Iron Duke Partners and former CEO of Business New Zealand. Hi, you guys. Go on, Heather. Good to hear your voice. Okay, thank you very much for that. Hey, um, I am getting a number of texts saying this. Heather, I haven't had COVID either. Heather, I've never had COVID. It's not that out of the ordinary. Heather, I never got COVID. Have either of you avoided the Rona? I've, I've had it. Have you? I had it in my Auckland apartment, and my wife said, "Don't come home till you till you." Too I, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right, so just go yeah. away. What about you, Jack? I had it a year ago, um, but here's the thing: my wife had it last week, and uh, I managed to avoid it. Yeah, I think I feel like the only consistent thing with COVID is that there's just no consistency across the board. Did for you? Anyone. Did you? Like, did you quarantine her in another room? She no. I no, did. I t- t- tested, <laughs> tested regularly. She, she, uh, she, it's the third time she had it. The last time I had it, I gave it to her. She had it. She's had it twice now. On two occasions, she's oh. had it, and I haven't caught it from. I her. don't know anybody who hasn't had it. I think this is weird that these people exist. Susie Wiles, by the way, that's what we're talking about. Susie Wiles hasn't had it. Um, okay, Phil, the Electoral Commission. How embarrassing is this? Yeah, they they just do need to get better, don't they? I don't. I don't think though it. It means that all of a sudden we'll have a, a national crisis of confidence in election results and stuff. I, but if it keeps on going, you know, if it happens over and over again, you'll start well, to say, well, Well, are you sure going about on? that, Phil? Because I saw Russell Brown go on the Twitter and he said, I really hope that this isn't what it looks like. And what he meant was uh, that a whole bunch of people, had, that, that somebody in there had taken a whole bunch of votes away from national and give it cons- given it to conspiracy nah, parties. Nah. He was just hoping it was a mistake. Yeah, that's, it there is There will mistake. be people who jump to that conclusion. You, you, but you, you know my view on this. If it looks like a cock-up, it is. It is a and, cock-up. And, that's, and, and, yeah. but, and they, they explained it was the next the next sort of uh, thing in the in the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, they, they wrongly oh, the next put one it down, in the yeah. wrong column or something. But the point is... It just looks untidy, doesn't it? And yes. the three weeks looks untidy. Even though it's always three weeks, by the way, for some crazy reason, it's always three weeks that, that they need to report these things. They just start to look a bit stupid, so they need to get on top of that. Yeah, mm. that plus everything else that happened in the lead-up to the election, eh, Jack? Yeah, yeah I, I think two ways this could have been worse. Um, number one, if it had materially changed the makeup of Parliament, so if um, parties had lost or gained seats as a result of the error that the Electoral Commission had to unpick, that would have been really bad. Number two... If um, if the votes had gone in the opposite direction, so instead of national losing votes to some of these fringe parties, the fringe parties had lost votes to the major parties because that way it would really play into the you know the, the kind of conspiratorial elements that might be attracted to some of these parties. Mm-hmm. But you know, spare a thought for the Leighton Baker party because you know they hadn't had a great election result as things were standing, and now things are just that little <laughs> bit worse. Well, yeah, proportion yeah. To, in proportion to their votes is quite a lot eh, that's disappeared. Um, Phil, we have got reports now from the Jewish community that they've had death threats issued against them, that there was a fire that was lit outside the synagogue in Epsom. I mean, this stuff is quite... Like, it, I'm surprised at how heated it is in New Zealand. Are you? Yeah, I've, I've got a few Jewish friends. In fact, one I was talking to this afternoon who is, is worried about her kids in school yeah. uh, on this stuff. There's been no violence and she's confident there won't be. But, you know, it's worrisome and... I think it does behove us all properly to to uh, to take a step back. And Including just, and especially Chloe Swarbrick and people like that. Well, exactly. And I was thinking about this on the way down, knowing we were going to talk about this, because us New Zealanders say everybody needs to take a step back. No, actually, the pro-Hamas people need to take a step back. Yeah. The Israeli people and the Jewish people haven't been pushing forward their lines. They haven't said, oh, kill all Gaza people or yeah. whatever their slogans are. In fact, it's one group that's been pushing this forward. It's largely the pro-Hamas, call themselves pro-Palestinian groupings. They need to take a step back here and understand that when they say things like from the river to the sea, that is deeply offensive 
to a proportion of New Zealand's population and to me, and I'm not even Jewish, by the way, O'Reilly, that's unlikely I'm Jewish, but (laughs) it's deeply offensive to me that people would say that about Israel. And so they need to take a step back and say, actually, that's not how we conduct these things in New Zealand. That's not to say they can't say things, but they need to make sure they don't insult and offend people deeply. Would you agree with that, Jack? I think, yeah, I I think um, I I cannot remember an international incident for which sentiment is so intense as this. It just feels like... Um, people have incredibly strong feelings about this, and quite rightfully, I um, I agree. Obviously, that that any of the you know the, the the trying to light fires at synagogues and all that stuff is just appalling and cannot be tolerated in any way, shape, or form. I think uh, criticism of Israel is entirely legitimate. I think it's totally legitimate to make some criticisms of Israel, but I think there are ways to have to make those criticisms without using language that is likely to be uh, inflammatory in the way that I think um, that phrase is potentially inflammatory. Um, I think it was totally the, the wrong call to, to use that phrase publicly. And I actually think it undermines the position of some of those protesters who might be making entirely legitimate yep. criticisms of some elements of the Israeli response. Yep. So yeah, I I just I just hope people can, you know, can try and um, just just take a little bit of the heat out of this at least domestically. Just bear in mind, some of those Green MPs and others have been saying those lines for years. Yes, so they not have. Not the first time they've yeah, said it's, that. It's, it's, it's evidence on online, and it is the time for them to actually try to calm things down a wee bit. I would have thought. All right, we'll take a break with you guys. Come back in just a tick. Thirteen two. Right, you're back with a huddle, Jack Tame, Phil O'Reilly. Jack, what do you make of Jim Bolger saying a referendum would be too divisive? Is that reason not to hold one? Uh, from Christopher Luxon's perspective, absolutely. Um, I I tend to agree. I mean, I, I um, yeah, I, I think I think if there was a referendum, as David Seymour has described it so far, that it is likely to resolve in um, yeah, in massive. So what do we do instead? Unrest. Well, I think there are other options, right? I think uh, well, first of all, I'm that that may or may not be a reason for other people not to to pursue a referendum. Um, I just think that from Christopher Luxon's perspective, it's not going to be the sort of thing that he wants to attract, especially in his first term. I wonder if there are some other options through other parliamentary mechanisms, um, stuff like select committees, where whereby some of these principles could be debated in an environment that's unlikely to get the kind of hostilities that I think a referendum would result in. It's interesting to me, actually, that the same election in which ACT enjoyed its best ever result with a central policy around the principles of the treaty, we also saw this huge surge in support for Te Pāti Māori and you know, them winning six of the seven seats, having run on a platform where they explicitly say they want a tiriti-centric Aotearoa. I think it's really interesting that um, at kind of both ends of the political spectrum, you're seeing quite a lot of... Um, movement or force in this space and I can imagine that yeah it would result in um, you know in pretty dramatic scenes. What do you reckon Phil? Yeah this was always going to be an issue that pushed voters out to the edges so there were, you're, yeah. so Jack's absolutely right you're always going to see pushing them out to the left and to the right. Um, first, first thing I think it's disgusting that people start threatening violence I think that's terrible when Willie Jackson says there, there's been any violence I think that's I mean, Phil, just be is rejected. that fair? Is he threatening it or is he just warning that that, well, that is a likely yeah, outcome? I, 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 did the interview, I did the interview and I said would there be violence and he didn't ex- my, my recollection of the interview is that he didn't say there would explicitly be violence he said one hopes not Okay, fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll take he, that he, also didn't, he also didn't say emphatically, absolutely, no, there wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I'll take your point, yeah. though, it's Phil. I'll take your it? point yeah. that he is treading a fine line between a warning and a threat, right? Yeah, so not, so I'll take not, your point. He's not threatening, that's fine. I'll take, I'll take it back. Uh, but there's, uh, I, I look at the voice in Australia, the voice referendum in Australia, yeah. and we all need to take learnings out of that. And the learning I got out of that 
is there are some things that you don't put in referenda because to ask a black and white question on such a complex topic is bound to get so what do you do some instead? sort of weird outcome. I agree with Jack on this. I think there does need to be a debate about it. I think all of New Zealand needs to be engaged in the debate. So then but you, you propose through, a legislative change. So Act pro- proposes its law and it goes through the consultation period. Yep. yep. Or, you, or you have a Put series a of you have a series of meetings. You have a series of community events around mm. some of this. I think we need to, you know, race relations in New Zealand has been has been blown apart a bit by the events of the last uh, couple of years. I mm. think it needs to be glued together and it needs to be done maturely with leadership. And I mm. just don't think a referendum is that. And if you don't believe me, the Voice in Australia is but a great example. But the Voice in Australia was a crap idea. Well, it was, it was one of those things, Aboriginal rights in the Constitution is something that the Australians should debate. I'm not an Australian, but yeah, they should. But it was a crap idea yeah, sold badly. It was, exactly. So it was terrible. Comparable, but not really. Well, it's hard to sell a referendum, a yes-no question on mm. something so complex. So I, I hear what you're saying. You know. Yeah, yeah. Guys, thank you both so much. Really appreciate it. That's Phil O'Reilly and Jack Tamar. Huddle this evening, 7 away from 6. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.